Okay, now that you've got your style guide all set, you have done your homework and created your style guide, right? Good. Now you're ready to take it to the next level with the Essential Remodel Planning Spreadsheets. Let's talk about what you should be tracking to plan a remodel that will fit your life and budget. Hey there. Welcome back to Mid-Mod Remodel. This is the show about updating MCM homes, helping you match a mid-century home to your modern life. I'm your host, Della Hansman, architect and mid-century ranch enthusiast. You're listening to Season 8, Episode 4. All right, so the new thing I wanted to do this week, or this season, is a resource of the week. This week's resource is the Idaho Modern Feel Guide, the history, care, and keeping of your mid-century home. And this was put together by Preservation Idaho and Idaho Modern a few years ago. It's Idaho-specific, obviously, that's in the name, but basically it's talking about what homes were like in the post-war building boom. And it points out something that I think is really valuable, which is that not all mid-century homes were mid-century modern. In fact, most of them were not. They were mid-century vintage, mid-century traditional, mid-century colonial, builder basic. And then it goes into a bunch of the different parts of a house, windows, doors, roofing, and talks about the materials, the choices you might make in colors, in products, in fixtures, in built-ins, in choosing to add or update a garage or carport, things you can do to make your house more vintage appropriate, or just knowledge you might want to have about what your house might have been like when it was originally built before all of the intervening remodels and updates took over its style. I think this is a great read, and I highly recommend you check it out. In addition to going through my resources list, which I hope you've already downloaded, you can find it also by just going through the website of my friends, Mid-Century Homes in Boise. Their website is mid-centuryhomes.com, and you can find this under the media tab, the field guide, if you want to just go straight to it. Boise Mid-Century Homes is a great resource in general, if you're looking to purchase a mid-century style home in Boise, well, of course, they are your guys and gals. But actually, they're just a wonderful account to follow on the internet. And I should say, friends of mine, internet friends of mine, we've been putting together a Q&A weekly series where we talk about the common questions that come up for them as they help people looking to buy and sell mid-century homes. And I answer them from my perspective as an architect. So check those out. They're going to be happening on Instagram Fridays. Uh for the foreseeable future, we're really having a fun time doing them, so I don't know why we'd stop. This next week, we're going to be talking about updating front doors, so I hope you'll be there to check that out. Or, you know, you don't have to be live. It'll just stay on the internet forever. You can find their Instagram handle, their website, and the Idaho Preservation resource in the links in my show notes. That will be, as always, at midmod-midwest.com slash 804. And um, you can also get a download of the entire mid-century essential resources list. It's a great checklist of books, articles, blogs, product suppliers, and concepts, people to follow that will get you up to speed and ready to have the most fun managing your mid-century house. Diving into today's topic, I talk often about how important it is that before you start picking out all of the individual products you're going to use in your home remodel, you need to have a style guide. Because unless you start from your style guide, you will get overwhelmed. Today we're going to actually talk about the more advanced version of this technique, what you do after your style guide. Plan it all out with a spreadsheet. And 
I am so excited to talk about this because I'm a huge spreadsheet nerd, but believe me, you do not just want to jump into making a list of the cool products from the entire internet. That is the fastest route to complete remodeling overwhelm. So start from your style guide and everything in your remodel will go better. You can listen to more content on how to prepare a style guide, and you can grab my free style guide starting resource by going to episode 407 uh, or to midmod-midwest.com slash style guide to download that resource. This will all be in the show notes. Basically, in that episode, I walk you through why it's so important to take the big picture view first. It has innumerable benefits. Basically, as you create a style guide for your house, focusing on what are the stain colors, the metal types, the color scheme for your home, you can simplify, you can focus with all of the resources that are available on the internet. Trying to do anything else is just a recipe for complete overwhelm. But building out a style guide, which as I say in that episode, is more than just a collection of Pinterest boards. It's really a process of focusing what you want, distilling what you love into the specific types of material choices you're going to make again and again through your house remodel project. This is something we go over extensively inside of Ready to Remodel because it's both a simple process and kind of challenging to do. A lot of people struggle with indecision in their remodel. A lot of people worry that they can't trust their own choices and their own opinions. A lot of people worry that they're going to make an incorrect choice for their mid-century home. And we work through the process of how to feel confident about your choices, how to assess that they're going to work together, how to make enough of, uh, to create enough variety in your style guide so that you aren't rigidly locked into there's only one product you could actually pick that will work. But at the same time, to narrow your options down to not being overwhelmed in the Plumbing Island Home Depot or as you confront the internet on your smartphone or your computer. Once you've got those things in hand, however, once you've got a style guide, you need to go a little bit further in order to plan a remodel. You can't just show your style guide to a contractor and trust that they're going to completely choose every product for you the way you want. You want to be involved in some of these detailed decisions. So the next step beyond the style guide is to then turn those bigger picture choices into specific product selections. This is also where the rubber starts to meet the road in terms of your budget. For example, you might choose to repaint your house dark gray or black, a fun current moment. And by the way, if you're working in paint, you can do something that's a little trendy because you can feel confident that if someone else doesn't like that trend in the future, they can repaint it in any color of their choice. This is why I recommend painting your siding and not painting your brick because that is a permanent choice that nobody can undo. But if we're thinking about exteriors, so you've got a dramatic dark sided house. Now you want something to make it pop. You would like to have cedar as an accent. You want to have this beautiful wood. It's got a nice grain. It's got a gorgeous color, warm, amber, mid-century appropriate. Great. You're going to put cedar as the detail around your house. This is what happens in your style guide. I want this tone of wood to happen outside. Now where the rubber meets the road is you start to price it out. You talk to a contractor. You find out that right now, still in this moment, (laughs) now more than a year into the pandemic, um, it's really hard to get your hands on cedar. So shoot, what are you going to do? You can worry about supply line issues. You can extend out your planning window, or you can start to explore what are other options. If the style guide visual was that amber toned wood, could you do cedar treated pine? 
Could you get another type of wood and stain it? Are you open to the possibility of a faux wood, a low maintenance decking solution that could be used in place of wood, like a Trex or another, there's a bunch of brands out there, they're all relatively comparable. Basically, you go from, I want it to look like this, to here's how we're going to practically solve that problem. And you might compare one product against another and think about what it feels like to touch, always get samples always get samples, um, what it costs, what availability it has, where it will be supplied from. If your contractor perhaps has a deal with a particular company that might weigh in the favor of that product, they might have an easier ability to twist the arm of the person who's going to get it to them and make sure that it comes on time. These are all considerations that you start to bring in in the later decision-making phases. As you start to make this decision for one material and then another and then another, it adds up. You will not hold all of this in your head and you certainly won't be able to keep track of the links to the websites and the budget numbers and how one budget item compares to another all in your head or even on paper. So this is where we turn to my dear friend, the spreadsheet. Let's talk about spreadsheets for a minute. I have found in my life that you are either a spreadsheet person or you're not. Now I am one. So take this advice with that perspective. I have spreadsheets that track my business, log movies and TV shows that I want to check out later, record budget information for past travels. I once made a list of the chronological birth and death dates of all my favorite fictional characters. I was trying to figure out, you know, where do the Jane Austen stories that I love stack up against the Victorian era? How do these things time out? So yeah, super nerd. I'm sorry, did you not know you were listening to a super nerd? You are. Okay, so of course, I use spreadsheets to keep track of my own and my clients remodeling work. And this is actually something that contractors and architects worth their salt are going to do exactly the same thing. I have a range of these available as a bonus that I share with my design clients so they can keep track of these things for themselves after we've done our master plan. And these are available to my students inside of Ready to Remodel. This set of sheets includes a project bid form, which you can use to either request that your contractor fill in or they usually won't want to do that. Contractors, especially small scale remod residential remodelers are not generally spreadsheet people. We're talking about who is and who is not a spreadsheet person, but you can work with them to fill in a spreadsheet with the data they give you. And then you can use the bid comparison form to compare apples to apples and make sure that each contractor you've talked to is covering the same things and is giving you roughly the breakdown of numbers for the areas of work that you want to do or for the types of work, electrical, versus plumbing versus framing. And then you can say with an apples to apples comparison, I love you contractor number two, you are a great communicator and everything else about you is great, but your electrical bid is about twice as high as everyone else's. Can you talk to me about that? Are you seeing something that I'm not seeing that the other contractors aren't seeing or what's going on? Could we talk about a different electrical subcontractor? This kind of data takes the drama out of price and helps you control how these conversations go. What else falls into this collection of spreadsheets that I keep handy? Uh, project scope. Now that doesn't necessarily have to fall into a spreadsheet. It could be a simple list, but when you put something into one spreadsheet, you can make another tab and another tab and keep them all together, a master list for your remodel. In addition to scope, I actually sometimes just have to have like to have a call log for each of the contractors that I've been in communication with, mark them down as a GC, an electrician, a plumber, HVAC, where they came from, their contact information, their initial estimate, what they've told me about updated scope, 
when I spoke to them, what we talked about, if I have follow-up information. Putting all of this stuff down somewhere, it might be for you a notebook. For me, I love the spreadsheet format, allows me to go to one spot and get that information at a glance. I should say, before I go any further, I like to use Google Spreadsheets for this. Now, if you are a Mac person, you might like Numbers. If you're a PC, Excel. These inbuilt spreadsheet programs are great and they might be what you have easiest access to, but at some point during your remodel, you're going to need to share information with someone. And it can be very helpful to share a document with a spouse or partner, to share a document with a designer, or to share a contractor's tracking log directly, then both of you can get access to the file at the same time. Both of you can make edits to it. Both of you can see what's happening in it. It's really useful. For any part of the project that you're tracking over time or that you're comparing one thing to another or that you're aggregating multiple data points together, it's very helpful to have a spreadsheet. One of the most useful places to use a spreadsheet is for what architects and contractors call a schedule. Uh, in this case, they don't actually mean when something then will happen. They mean a spreadsheet. And Honestly, for the life of me, I have no idea why we call these schedules, but we do. So we will, uh, for a detailed architecture design, prepare lighting schedules, fixture schedules, finish schedules, door and window schedules. These mean basically separate spreadsheets, which are linked to a tag, and then talk about the various details of each product, finish, or appliance that's going to be included in the house. Let's take, for example, a finished schedule. So in your style guide, you might say that all of the metal you're going to choose for the house is either going to be brass or white. That's a fun set of choices that are both very contemporary and trendy and also tie back to the mid-century era of your house. Win, win. So now you know that as you start to look for other things that you need to pick out for your remodel, you're going to start to make choices. So for example, you're going to have to pick a kitchen sink faucet. You might choose a brass one. That's a great choice. It's not just going to look snazzy. It's going to dramatically narrow down the number of possibilities you have when you go to Home Depot or when you go online to a website like build.com and start selecting from all possible kitchen sink faucets. As you make your choices, you might be comparing one to another and still keep a couple of options open, or you might just pick one and you might say, I'm going to pick a Moen faucet. It's going to be a pull down spray style. It's from the Align line and it's actually going to be brushed gold, but it's going to look brass because Moen is crazy and they call brushed gold something that looks like brass. And I'm going to choose just one of them. I only have one kitchen sink and the price will be this. Then you can put all of that data, the Object, it's a kitchen sink faucet. The manufacturer, Moen. The specification, align, pull down, spray faucet. Product number 7565BG. Finish, brushed gold. There's one in the unit count, the price. There you've got it, and a link to that purchase spot. All of this is put together. You can go ahead and do that for all the different plumbing fixtures, all the different appliances, all the different flooring and wall materials, all the different paint colors, all the different other surfaces, counters, mirror, uh, shelves, cabinet faces, and hardware. You can make all of the choices at once. You can make a list of all the things you'll need to choose and choose them over time. You can fill in the blanks as you go and you can use your spreadsheet to highlight in yellow. I haven't chosen this yet. And at some point soon, the contractor is going to need that choice from me. 
What you can often do if you're making choices like this, if you have specificity like this before you talk to your contractor, is show them that you know these things about your remodel. This will actually really help them to price with more confidence. Most contractor pricing is based on labor and materials. And their labor cost will be their estimate of how long they think it's going to take them to do it. And their material cost will be the price that they think they can get for all of the various raw materials. But they'll often leave a third category known as an allowance for specific choices like your kitchen sink faucet, like the light fixtures you're going to choose, not necessarily the can lights or the um, sort of functional lights, but for any beautiful surface mount fixture you're going to choose. And those things can actually add up to a lot of the cost of a remodel, which you don't see in the contractor's bottom line because they've left that out as an allowance. It's not a trick. It's just the, the necessary way that this planning process goes. But for you, you can fill in that blank even before you've talked to a contractor, perhaps, or certainly as you go along the way with your own confident list, your allowance pricing. And the more that you've made confident decisions about materiality, about some of the things that will be wrapped into the contractor's number, the more that they know that you're going to be the kind of person to work with who's going to be clear, concise, and decisive, and they can then give you a really tight price that's accurate as much as possible, rather than one that's got a little bit more squish in it, and the squish is, for the contractor's sake, always going to have to make the price go up. There's a lot you can win, both in your own peace of mind, your own organization, and in the way that you relate to the people that are going to do the work on your house for you, or if you're going to do it, the simplicity of doing the work on the day with the decisions made in advance rather than realizing it's time to install a faucet and then realizing you have to go and pick one while your brain was in production mode, that's never a great place to be. Once you've got your style guide in place, you can start to create a spreadsheet, a schedule uh, that puts together all of the details that you're going to do. Keep track of what you want to do and then what you've decided to do as you go through the remodel. In the end, basically all of this can add up to the budget of what you spent in your remodel. It's useful at every stage of the process. The one thing I just want to keep emphasizing as I talk about how wonderful and useful it is to make spreadsheets to track your remodel is, you have to start from the big picture and then focus in to get to your confident product by product decisions. Start with your style guide and then work your way down to spreadsheets to track every product you choose. I hope I've gotten you thinking a little bit more positive and in control thoughts about how you're going to run your remodel. Keeping track of things in a spreadsheet, if you're not a spreadsheet person, can feel tedious. But if you are one, and even if you aren't, it is so empowering to see all of the data laid out in front of you. Pulling everything together in one place also helps externalize it. So if you're the kind of person who's been holding your whole remodel in your head, it can often be very hard to then share that information with your partner or with your team. Putting it onto, well, I was going to say putting it on paper, keeping a digital record of it is going to allow you to make this information so much more available to everyone that's involved in the process. If you're curious about the exact way in which I use spreadsheets and I advise my students and clients to manage their remodels with spreadsheets, you'll want to know more about the next launch of Ready to Remodel. Enrollment is going to be reopening in March. Feels like moments from now. Um, so put your name on the wait list for the Ready to Remodel reopening. I'm going to be talking about this and so much more ways to cleverly manage your remodel so you can plan and execute the exact right remodel for you your family, and your house. Total sidebar. If you happen to know why a remodeling spreadsheet is called a schedule, 
send me a DM on Instagram and let me know. I am fascinated by this and a cursory Google did not answer the question for me. So um, it remains a mystery to me. I love them no matter what they're called. I hope that you will try using spreadsheets more to manage your remodel. Give me a shout out and let me know if you prefer to manage your details on paper in an old-fashioned notebook, or if you have another method for keeping track of your data outside of spreadsheets or something I've mentioned. I would love to hear about it. Next week on the podcast, we're going to be taking our focus from this sort of middle development phase of the remodel all the way back to the beginning and talking about how you can meet yourself where you are, whether you're planning a giant change everything contractor remodel, or whether you're just thinking, can I change my house? How could I change my house? What one thing could I change about my house? I'm really excited to talk about this with you because I feel like it's so important to emphasize the accessibility of home improvement. At whatever level you're ready to get started, you can make a change to your home that will transform the way you feel about it and empower you to make more changes in the future. So we'll talk about that next week. 